Take away the world's desires when we pray. Holy Spirit, lift us higher when we pray. When we pray. When we pray. Let it not be for a season when we pray. Give us wisdom and not reason when we pray. Let your name be our petition when we
and the power of his blood. I come before you, Lord, recognizing that you are supreme in authority. Your power is great in the heavens and the earth, and your anger is shown against all wickedness and the evil imagination of men. Father, I boldly approach your throne yet again, this time asking for grace and mercy for your bride, the church. Your word says that judgment shall begin at the house of God, so let the church bear the greatest indictment. Because your invisible works are clearly seen, demonstrating your eternal power and divine nature, all men are without excuse. Yet through hypocrisy, we have given place to your enemies to blaspheme your great and holy name. Because of our perversion and deceitfulness, which brings shame to your name, they question whether we are really your children. For this cause, Lord, we are guilty and bear the greater burden. We have been weighed in the balance and been found wanting, yet we refuse to change our path. We have been deliberate in our great trespass before you, Lord, and we are not hidden from your sight. We have provoked you to anger with our foolish and unwise behavior, being spiritually blind and naked, allowing the world to see our shame. Heavenly Father, because you are a God of mercy and great compassion, we come before you in humility that you may examine our ways. We come before you confessing that if we humble ourselves and pray, seek your face and turn from our wicked ways, then will you hear from heaven, forgive our sins and heal our land. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, we thank you, Heavenly Father, that your hands are not shortened that they cannot save, nor your ear heavy that it cannot hear. We stand before you, Lord, to answer the indictment that has been laid against us and pray that through repentance our sins will be forgiven. For we have done wicked things in your sight, even rebellion against your commandments and your continued reminders and warnings. In the name of Jesus, we acknowledge our shortcomings and weaknesses, seeking to be washed in the blood of our Savior Jesus Christ. For we were called to be the salt of the earth, of people that would bear witness to your name, follow your examples, live by your commandments, and set a difference between that which is holy and that which is profane. Instead, our hearts have been pierced with the desires of the world, and we have adopted their ways, chasing after materialism and lust and compromising your standards. We have not sought you for who you are, but for what you can give and how much we can get. We have allowed worldliness into your church and created unholy alliances with the world, calling that which is evil good and that which is good evil, while refusing to take a righteous stand. We have sought validation from the world and coveted the admiration of men who have perverted your statutes for selfish gain. We have shown them all that is in your sanctuary, giving access to thieves and robbers who now make merchandise of your sheep and a mockery of your name. We have failed to protect the innocent, neglected the cries of the poor, and watched as families are being destroyed. We have not sanctified you in the eyes of the people, becoming powerless gift chasers who adorn the things on the outside while failing to address the evil within. We have compromised your word by seeking popularity and friendship with the world, choosing to entertain the masses with our talents and gifts while watering down your word and speaking fables instead of convicting people to change. We stand idle as the innocent are snatched from the womb while we defend the guilty giving them place on your stage. We are consumed with the pursuit of wealth, while at the same time we are robbed of morality, dignity, and holiness. Through compromise and exploitation, we have lost our influence. Through sermonettes and motivational speeches, we have catered to itching ears, and through hypocrisy and double standards, our pulpits have been stripped of power and authority. 
We have even embraced the lifestyles of this world and distorted the meaning of your love instead of preaching the sovereign design and plan of God. We have lost our way, Lord, and given over years of this life. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, forgive us, Father, for we bombard your throne with selfish prayers while the world around us declines in decay, drifting further and further away from you. We have been mesmerized by the lust of the world and desensitized by its influences while engaging in unspeakable acts, adultery and fornication, abortions, drunkenness, promiscuity, hatred and insensitivity, drug use, blasphemies, idolatry, man lying with man, women lying with women. We defile ourselves by flooding our minds with pornography, immorality and lust and other kinds of sexual perversion. We have neglected our children and not taught them your ways, putting success and riches before love and direction. We have allowed our marriages to grow cold, harbored unforgiveness, and refused to show affection, while opening the door for the enemy to wreak havoc in our families. We have become a lukewarm church, lacking holiness and obedience to your word, even denying your name, Lord, and abandoning the cross. We have allowed false prophets to operate in the church while embracing false gods and religions. We are in a backslidden state and confess our sins before you. We were all born into this world with something to surrender, but so many of us have refused to let go, choosing to embrace our fallen nature by making excuses for sin, as opposed to trusting your word for deliverance and healing. In doing so, we have denied the power of the cross and the delivering authority of your resurrection. We go down in the water, but never come up, sinking further and further into the depth you gave your life to conquer. We have titles without meaning, performances without actors, services without substance, and buildings that are lifeless when it comes to the real power of God. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, we repent, Lord, and ask for your forgiveness. Lord, let your anger and fury be held back, and let your mercy fall upon us as we repent of our wicked deeds and turn back to you. Let us once again be the people you have chosen to show yourself strong in the earth, that through our examples and trusting your word, the world will once again look to the church for salvation and demonstration of the true power of God. Lord, please hear our cry, incline thine ear, and behold our frail state, that we may eagerly approach your throne with boldness and have confidence at your appearing. Your word says that you will never leave or forsake us, and we come to you by faith, knowing that without faith it is impossible to please you. Deliver us from the guilt of the past and wipe away all condemnation, for through our sin we have given the enemy access to our lives and the legal right to carry out his diabolical plan of destruction against us. But now, Lord, through repentance, his rights have been revoked. In the name of Jesus, we denounce Satan and his demonic forces of evil and his rebellion against the kingdom of God. In the name of Jesus and the finished work of the cross, he loses all rights to torment, deceive, destroy, afflict, and manifest himself in the lives of your people. And we sever all ties, cooperation, agreement, conspiracy, and relationship with the world and the world system. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, we command Satan to loose every stronghold, demonic manifestation, false belief, vice, grip, addiction, spell, and curse right now according to the word of God. We choose you, Lord, and the finished work of the cross, and want no part of Satan and the temptations of this world. I declare right now that we are loosed in your precious name. Lord, we renew our covenant and commitment to you, 
and exercise our choice to faithfully serve you with all of our heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. In the name of Jesus, we make a conscious choice to turn back to you and once again follow after your statutes and commandments and pledge our undivided service and devotion to you. But we have been bought with a price and serving you is our reasonable service. So help us, Lord, to be lights in this world, ambassadors of the Most High God and instruments of righteousness, representing your will and not our own. I pray, Lord, that our hunger and thirst for you is never quenched and that you give us both to will and to do your good pleasure, that we as a church may fulfill the calling and purpose that you have spoken over our lives. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, we denounce the pleasures of this world, false doctrine and all forms of spiritual adultery. We pray that you expose the synagogue of Satan operating behind church walls, every lying and deceitful spirit and demons operating as angels of light. Let us not worship or reverence anyone or anything but the true and living God and drive out the spirit of Antichrist. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I pray that you remove all doubts and bring revelation to every distortion of the truth and that we drive out the spirit of Jezebel that teaches fornication, lust, and idolatry that her curse, seduction, and influence be broken and bound right now in the name of Jesus and erased from the hearts and minds of your people. I ask, Lord, that the depths of Satan operating in the church be exposed and driven out in Jesus' name, that we no longer defile ourselves through the lust of the flesh and the pride of life, hating all evil, pride, arrogance, and the evil way. Grant us spiritual discernment that we are not deceived, let us examine the fruit of a man and not be gift chasers led astray by talents, gifts, and charisma. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I pray that the church will once again be known for its good works, love, faith, dedication, patience, and compassion to all men. That we hate the sin but love the sinner, understanding that we have all fallen short of the glory of God. Let us love according to the word of God, standing on the truth preaching the word in and out of season and making no provision for the flesh while understanding that grace is not an excuse for sin and a justification for heaven. Help us, Lord, to minister without compromise to those seeking the truth and be found without spot or wrinkle, boldly proclaiming the truth of Christ and the power of his resurrection. Let us live and reign with Christ, clothed with holiness and abiding in his presence through eternity. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I speak life into your church and come against all dead things. Let our branches bring forth fruit in their season and our roots be nourished by the waters of life. Let us be called and set apart, chosen and faithful, serving as kings and priests in your kingdom, knowing that we are in the end times, that we be not lulled to sleep by the passing of days, nor deceived by scoffers who deny your coming, but that we are watchful and that day does not overtake us as a thief in the night. We are pilgrims in the earth, and this is not our home. So we look forward to the rapture and second coming of Christ, having faith that the promises of God shall come to pass. In the name of Jesus, I pray that we hold fast to our belief that you are the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man cometh to the Father but by you, and that we never lose our boldness and passion for the Most High God. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I pray that we are not weary in well-doing, and that we have a desire to spend quality time in your word and in fellowship with you. That we neglect not the fellowshipping of the saints as we are one in the body of Christ and sealed by the precious gift of the Holy Spirit. That we may all faithfully walk in the calling and purpose we have been given, pressing toward the mark and high calling of Jesus Christ our Lord. 
I thank you, Lord, that you are able to keep that which we have committed unto you against that day, and that nothing we have done is in vain, but all things are accounted to our heavenly account that we may be rich towards God. Lord, let us run this race with patience, looking unto you who has endured the cross and despised the shame for the joy that was set before you, that our names be confessed before the Father and written in the Lamb's book of life. I pray, Lord, that we are steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the love of God, that we may receive a crown of life promised to those who endure until the end. Now unto God, who knows the beginning from the end, who is our shield in time of trouble, and who causes us to endure the fiery furnaces of life, we give you honor and praise. We proclaim and ascribe greatness to your name, for your deeds are perfect and all that you do is just and fair. You own the cattle on a thousand hills and cause darkness to flee in the presence of light. I pray, Lord, that we demonstrate our gratitude for all that you have done by keeping your commandments. For your word says obedience is better than sacrifice and rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Let your word be a light unto our path, revelation in darkness, and our blueprint for all matters pertaining to this life and the one thereafter. It is through you, Heavenly Father, and the power of your might that one could chase a thousand and two could put ten thousand to flight. For greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. These things I ask and pray and affirm in Jesus' great and holy name. Amen. 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 We just want to thank you for joining us once again on this wonderful Wednesday night right here on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing Bible Study Hour. Oh, yes. So we survived this winter storm that we had yesterday. Yes, it's a little nippy out there, but we got a pretty white snow, thank God for that. That's right. We didn't get too much. Three inches, that was enough. Yes, that was enough. And uh, I like snow. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) So we just want to thank you right here. We want to be talking about living in a 24-7 society. Yeah, 24-7 society. Uh, society will never shut down. It's open, running, around the clock. That's the way we feel every single day. It's 24-7. We want to start in Psalm chapter 84, verse 2. Psalm 84 and verse 2. My soul yearns, yes, even pines and is homesick for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out and sing for joy to the living God. Amen. Amen. I tell you, yes. You know, because we live in a 24-7 society, all we hear is tick-tock all day long. The clock ticks steadily and merciless. Only two hours before the Sabbath will will begin, this is a little story I'm telling. Mary signed as she surveyed the small apartment. The kids' toys were still lying all around the living room. The kitchen was a mess. Sarah, their youngest, lay in bed. She has a fever. And tomorrow, Mary had agreed to serve as a greeter in their church, which meant that they had to leave home 30 minutes before the normal time. And she wished that she had some quietness tomorrow. 
You know how we think that we gotta rush here, gotta run over here, we're shopping here, gotta get this done. We got a child over here that's sick, and all we want is just a quiet moment. Just 20 minutes, just 30 minutes of quiet five. time. Yeah, <laughs> a quiet time, yeah. You know, <clears throat> and that's so true. Our, our lives are governed by rush hour, work hours, medical appointments, virtual conversations, shopping, school functions. Whether we use public transportation or we ride in a small scooter or we in a minivan, the drumbeat of constant engagement with the world around us threatens to drown out what's really important. Right. What's really important? The world, the things of the world. Because we're so busy every day. We're taking care of somebody. We're over here shopping. We got to run over here to the doctor's appointment. Sometimes when you go shopping, you got to go to three stores because they don't have everything you need in this store, so you got to go to that store or you got to go pick up somebody. By the time you get home, you got to cook, clean, yeah. all this, and by the time you relax, it's like, you know what? I just want to go to sleep. Forget uh, anything else. Are you working two jobs? Yeah. You're working two or three jobs. You got to shop. You got to wash clothes. You got to clean house. You got to, it's just constantly 24 hours a day. So you're worn and you're weary. We're going to go and look at Genesis chapter 2, verse 1, 2, and 3. Okay. Genesis chapter 2. Verse 1, 2, and 3. Okay, then through 2. Starting at 1. All right. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. And God blessed, spoke good of the seventh day, set it apart as its own, and hollowed it, because on it God rested from all his work which he had created and done. So even before we humans would dash off on our self-imposed stressful lives, God had established a marker, a living way to jog our memory. So this day will be a time to stop, Deliberately enjoy life, a day to be and not to do, a day to especially celebrate the gift of grass, air, wildlife, water, people, and most of all, the Creator Himself. Yeah, just put away everything of the world, everything has to do with the world, work, everything, just put it all to the side. And enjoy and, and, what he has created. Yeah, enjoy what he has created. Yeah. And enjoy him. Yeah. Amen. His, his word. His, his word. His, his ministry. And just to let everything of life just melt away. Melt away. We, we can't even do that. We're you so busy. That's true. We're so busy. I've got to do this. I got to do that. I, you know, I got to do. I'm off for work, so let me get this done. Let me get that done. It's constantly 
24-7. We don't even have time to read the Lord's word. It's been time with him to thank him, Lord. Thank you for seeing me through this week. Thank you, Even Lord, just that for day. Uh, uh, letting me be able to make it through the week. Thank you, Lord. It's a day of rest. Now, Lord, I'm going to take this day and do this. That we don't, we don't even have time to do that. It's so busy, and we wonder why we have a nervous breakdown. We wonder why our nerves are bad. We wonder why we're on these chemicals trying to uh, lighten our burdens. Because we don't take time for God. No. God will give us that. And he have already created that in Genesis chapter 2, 1 through 3. He told us he have already blessed the seventh day and he hollered it. Well, this was no one-time invitation that expired with the exile from Eden. God wanted to make sure that the invitation could stand the test of time. And so right from the beginning, he knit the Sabbath rest into the very fabric of time. There will always be the invitation again and again to a restful celebration of creation every seventh day. Yes, because we are in this shape, because our sufferings, our greed, mm -hmm. are wanting to have more. The more we want, the more we have to work. The more we want, the more money we need. The more we want, the more we spend. Right. And so that calls us to have to work, work, work. And that's working is around the clock. Buy when we off, we gotta spend it. We gotta go shopping. We gotta go buy this, we gotta have that, we gotta go there. We don't even have time for Jesus. We've made our God. Working, yes, yeah. working, spending money, shopping, going to this store, going to that store, buying this car, buying this pair of clothes, buying these clothes, buying this food, buying these shoes. We've already made our God. We have no time for the Heavenly Father. You would think that with all our labor-saving devices that we should be less physically tired than people were 200 years ago. But actually, rest seems to be in short supply even today. Even the moments when we aren't working are spent in frantic activity. It always seems that we are somehow behind. No matter how much we manage to get done, there is always more to do. Oh, yes, because you, you have more to do because you want more. I mean, you're busy working, but at the same time, you're planning a vacation for the time that you get off. That's true. You work, well, I'm going on vacation this year when I get my three weeks. Well, you go on vacation, you go to Florida. Well, that's going to take time to drive there. Well, when you get there, you're busy doing this and busy doing that. You're busy going here, you're busy buying this, you're busy shopping there, you're busy. And you take time to drive back. And then when you get back, you only got two days left. Well, now, I mean, that is very true because even research, research shows that we are getting less sleep. Yes. Many people are highly dependent on caffeine to keep going. Mm -hmm. Though we have faster cell phones, faster computers, faster internet connections, we still never seem to have enough time. 
enough time and let's be called mm-hmm. from bad health. Yes. So it's breaking us down even more and more. So let's look at Mark chapter 6, verse 31. Okay, Mark. Mark six. chapter 6, verse 31. 31. There we go. 31 and... Mark six thirty-one. I got it. That's okay, and he right. said to them, As for you, come away by yourself to a deserted place and rest a while. For many were continually... Coming and going, and they had not even leisure enough to eat. Mm. Do you know that? If some people don't eat about one or two good, maybe three good meals a, a, a week. week, they don't have time to cook. They eat on the go. They eat all this uh, fast food, mm-hmm. which has sodium, uh, 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 sugar. In, sugar, MSG. Yes all kind of bad stuff in it for the body because they don't have time to sit and cook a good home meal because they want to go, go, go. Oh, then they got high, high blood pressure, diabetes, uh, high cholesterol, and all that because they on the go. They need this food that's ready to go, fast food, which is bad. See, that's a, on the go 24-7. They don't exactly. have time to even cook a decent meal. Wow, let's go to uh, Psalm. Okay, Psalm. Chapter 4 and verse 8. Okay. Four. What we're trying to find out is what the following text, text is that we're going to be talking about teach about why uh, having rest is important. So Psalm chapter 4 verse 8 says, In peace I will both lie down and sleep for you. Lord alone, make me dwell in safety and confident trust. Now we're going to go to Exodus chapter 23. Exodus chapter 23 and verse 12. Okay, 23 verse 12. 12, that's right. Okay. Six days you should do your work, but the seventh day you should rest and keep the Sabbath that your ox and your donkey may rest, and that the son of your bondwoman and the alien may be refreshed. Hmm. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 14. Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 14. All right. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. In it, you should not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your manservant or your maidservant or your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock or the stranger or sojourner who is within your gates that your manservant and your maidservant may rest as well as you. Now, now we're going to go to the New Testament. That's okay. correct. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your soul. So, So, 
Well, he, he even telling you that anybody that's in your household, your animals need the rest. You need the rest. Your maid servant, your man servant, even a stranger that comes within your gate need the rest. Yeah. All day is not for you to continue to keep going and going and or going keep and having going your, and going. having your maid or your man servant to feed you or fix food for you. Right. It's for the whole household to rest. rest. That is what he's saying. So the God who created us knew that we need physical rest. He built cycles into time, night, and Sabbath to offer us a chance for physical rest. Yes. Acknowledging Jesus as the Lord of our lives. Also involving taking seriously our responsibility to make time to rest. That's what make time to rest. After That's all, it. the Sabbath commandment isn't merely a suggestion. It is a commandment. It is a commandment. And that's what we got to remember. You know, lack of sleep and exhaustion because of physical overexertion are real problems. Well, if people, uh, people have strokes, heart attacks, high blood pressure, all these things come about. Because Car accidents because they fall asleep. Uh, because they fall asleep. Um, them, uh, can't focus. Can't, yeah, can't focus. There's so many things happen because you don't get the proper sleep and rest that you should. So it's very important. That's why God said we need that rest. The body, it, re, it, it, re, it rejuvenates itself. It rejuvenates. That's it why it needs itself. that rest. Yes, it does. It and, heals itself. Right. It heals itself in during that time. You know, more troubling, however, all the times we feel that we are running on emotional empty. And of course, when lack of sleep is added to emotional trials, we can become painfully discouraged. That's when the devil hits you the most, is when you're tired, when you're hungry, hungry. when you're lonely. Yes, that's when he can really strike and use and you. And you get more discouraged yeah. because yeah. of it. I mean, usually we want to. People, um, get in an argument quicker when they're tired. They get into fights quicker when they're tired. They kill when they're tired. It's so many things the devil can use you when you're tired, hungry, your anger pops up faster when you're tired, hungry. He just, that's the time Satan can use you. He sure is. You're gonna look in uh, Jeremiah chapter 45 Let's see, Jeremiah. Oh, 45. Okay. 45, starting at verse 1. Jeremiah chapter 45, starting at verse 1. We're going to read 1 through 5. The word that Jeremiah the prophet spoke to Roth, son of Neriah, when he had written these words in a book at the dictation of Jeremiah, in the fourth year of Jeho Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah, saying, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, unto you, O Barak. You said, Woe is me now, for the Lord has added sorrow to my pain. I am weary with my groaning and sighing, and I find no rest. Yes. 
That's Same. what happens. We, we, we complain more. We're unhappy. We can't please ourselves. We can't please no one else. Nothing no one can do to please us. I mean, we just, we live in a, in a world of nothing but misery. Right. Let me finish. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll do four and five, too. And then we'll talk about it. Say this to him. The Lord speaks thus. Behold, what I have built, I will break down. And that which I have planted, I will pluck up. And this means the whole land. And should you seek great things for yourself, seek them not. For behold, I will bring evil upon all flesh, says the Lord. But your life I will give to you as your only booty and as a snatched prize of war wherever you go. Mm. Wow. So Barak's Jeremiah's fire must have felt like that often during the last tribulous years of Jerusalem prior to the chaos, the suffering and the havoc that will follow the city's destruction by the Babylonians. So he was suffering, but that was by his own hand. By his own doing. Yeah. That's by his own doing because disobedient, um, not listening to God, not, not doing what God had asked of him. So, you know, he had to pay the price. And we pay the price for not getting the rest that we should get. That's right. You know, we don't, we don't listen to God and take that day of rest. And uh, what happened? Uh, so many things happen to so, us when we don't rest. Yeah, so many things happen. You know, Make my, the wrong decision. Wrong decision. Say something wrong to somebody. Migraines. Migraines. High blood pressure. Yes. Strokes. Heart mm -hmm. attacks. All uh, of that. Uh, you know, just all kinds of things happen. You know, can you imagine what it feel like if God sent a custom-made message to you personally? Barack received a message straight from God's throne room in Jeremiah 45.2. Thus say the Lord, the God of Israel, unto you. So we are told that this happened in the fourth year of Jehoiakim of Judah, about 605 or 604 B.C. You know, and it represents a good summary of how people feel when they are running on empty. Oh, man. He was running on empty. What happened? You call me when I'm empty. You. Well, <laughs> it stops. It stops. <laughs> it stops. Just think about it. When it's empty, that car just bent still. That's it. it don't go. That's what happened to you. When you don't get the rest, look at here. You'll stop. You'll just boom. That's it. Nervous. Your nerves just boom. Hey, nervous breakdown. Boom. And you know what? For all that we know in Scripture about this period, it's clear that Barak's complaints were not superficial. It wasn't superficial for him to feel that way. No, it wasn't. But he would not do. Well, that. he had good reasons to feel discouraged and emotionally worn out. A lot of bad things were happening at that time. And more were to come. Well, <laughs> well okay. <laughs> so God's response to Barak's real pain reminds us of the fact that God's despair and pain must have been exponentially so much bigger than Barak's. He had built Jerusalem, and he was about to tear it down. And, you know, Barak was not happy with that. 
So he had planted Israel as a vineyard. Let's look in Isaiah chapter 5, verse 1 and 7. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 1 through 7. Isaiah. Okay, Isaiah, okay. Uh, There we go. Chapter 5. Chapter 5. Starting at 1. At 1, okay. Let me, as God's representative, sing of and for my greatly beloved God the Son, a tender song of my beloved concerning his vineyard, his chosen people. My greatly beloved had a vineyard on a very fruitful hill. And he dug and trenched the ground and gathered out the stone from it and planted with the choicest vine and, a, and built a tower in the midst of it and hewed out a wine press in it. And he looked for it to bring forth grapes and it brought forth wild grapes. <laughs> and now on inhabitants of Jerusalem and, and men of Judah, judge, I pray you between me and my vineyard, my people say the Lord. What more could have been done for my vineyard that I have not done in it? When I looked for it to bring forth grapes, why did it yield wild grapes? And now I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take it away, take away its hedges, and it shall be eaten and burned up. And I will break down its walls, and it shall be trodden down by enemies. And I will lay it waste. It shall not be pruned or cultivated, but there shall come up briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they rain, no rain upon it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah his pleasant planting, the plant of his delight. And he looked for, inje he looked for justice, but behold, he saw oppression and bloodshed. He looked for righteousness, for uprightness and right standing with God. But behold, he heard a cry of oppression and distress. Yeah. So he was about to uproot it and carry it into exile. Now, this was not what the Lord had wanted for his people, but it had to come because of their rebellion against that, him. As I was saying, they were rebellious people. They were God people, well, they, but they turned away from God. What are we doing now? We're doing the same thing today. Well, they're going to have to uproot it and carry us into exile because we, we're not getting it together. We're not getting it together. We, we're, doing every, we're bringing the world into God's house. We're making the world our God instead of God being who he is. That's we're bringing right. in the, the world into God's house. God wants us to be a light to the world instead of us being a light to the world, the world being a light to us. You know what, you're right. And, and you God know? said, no, no, that, that's not the way it's supposed to go. I, I have told you to be a light to them. Instead, the this is turning. That's right. You know, but there was a light in the tunnel for Barash because even though he's going to uproot and carry Israel to exile, he's still going to preserve Barak's life, even in the midst of the destruction. 
Yes. But it's just the fact that it's the fact that, that it was they just were, like how we feel. We feel discouraged sometimes and feel like this we know the prophecy has to be fulfilled. And so we feel that stress and that strain because we know what's coming. And I'm trying to tell people, get your life together because we know if you don't, he's going to uproot us. Yes. He has and, to and because of the to. rebellion. It, yeah, because of the rebellion. People say, well, let's, let's do this, let's do that. Let, let's do this. Let's get this organization going. Let's get together and do it. But they don't know prophecy has to be fulfilled. It has well, it's, to be. it's late now. It's too late for that. It's, it's too late, you know, to try this and to that. We should have done this a long time ago. We should oh, have yeah. got our lives together a long time ago and called and called on Jesus, depending on Jesus, and brought that love back and that peace That's right. and brought God back into into the schools, brought God back into the That's home, right. brought God back into uh, uh, the job, well, God, we didn't do that. Now, he's just regarding the word. And then we took the word out. We took in God, we trust off the money. We don't, we don't want nothing to do with God. We want to feel that we can do it. Well, we can. And now, it's too late. It's Prophecy too late. has to be Prophecy fulfilled. has to be fulfilled. Because that's the only way God is going to come back. Things right. has to go the way they, things has to go the way it's got to go for Him to come back and get His people. <clears throat> that's exactly right. So before we go on to more of living in a twenty-four-seven society, we're going to take a break, play a song, but we want you to keep it locked in on LPJ sixty-four or Mister and Mrs. Sweet Thing Bible Study Hour.
my praise on him like all from Mary's alabaster Don't be angry if I wash his feet with my tears and I dry them with my hair. To the sin that had me bound I spent my days Poured my life without measure Into a little treasure box talking about living in a 24-7 society. And I know everybody know how that feels. Yes, everybody know what it feels like to live in a world that never stops. Yep, that never sleeps. Oh, never sleeps. 
you know, um, we're going to go to Genesis chapter 2. And we're going to uh, be reading 2 and 3. You know, certainly we all need rest, which is why it's a theme found all through the Bible. So God created us for activity. That activity is to be punctuated by rest. rest. That's like rest. So in Genesis chapter 2, verse 2 and 3, again it says, On the seventh day God ended his work which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. And God blessed, spoke good of the seventh day, set it apart of his own, and hallowed it, because on it God rested from all his work which he had created and done. So the Hebrew Old Testament, for instance, includes a number of terms denoting rest. The description God's resting on the newly created seventh day, like we just read in Genesis 2, 2 and 3, use the verb Shabbat, to cease work, to rest, to take a holiday, which is the verb form of the noun Sabbath. That same verb is used in Exodus 5 5. I'm going to look at that again. Exodus 5 5. Okay. Exodus 5 5. Exodus 5 5. Pharaoh said, Behold, the people of the land now are many, and you make them rest from their burdens. In a causative form and translated as making someone rest from their work. Angry Pharaoh accuses Moses of making them rest from their labor. So, the reference to God's resting activity on the seventh day Sabbath and the fourth commandment is expressed by the Hebrew verb from Luca, and that's N U A K H. Exodus 20, 11. 20, 11. Okay. Exodus chapter 20, verse 11. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth to see and all that is in them and rested the seventh day. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it, set it apart for his purpose. Okay. And see, the verb is translated as rest in Job chapter 3.13. We're going to look at that. That's why we're saying it's all through the Bible. Job chapter 3, verse 13. Okay, 3.13. For then would I have lain down and been quiet. I would have slept. Then would I have been at rest. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. more figuratively settled, referencing the Ark of the Covenant in Numbers 10.36. We're going to look at Numbers 10.36. Numbers 10.36. Numbers 10. Numbers 10, 
Okay. Numbers 10, 36. And when it rested, he said, Return, O Lord, to the ten thousand thousands in Israel. That was number 1036. Second Kings 2.15 notes that Elijah's spirit rested on Elijah. Mm-hmm. Another important verb form is Shaqua. Shaqua, that's S-H-A-Q-A-T, to be at rest. Grant relief, be quiet. It is used in Joshua eleven twenty three. You gonna go to Joshua Joshua eleven Joshua. verse twenty three. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Joshua took the whole land according to all that the Lord has spoken to Moses. And Joshua gave it for an inheritance to Israel, according to their allotments by tribes, and the land had rest from war, (laughs) where it describes the rest of the land from war after Joshua's initial conquest. The term often appears to indicate peace in the books of Joshua and Judges. (laughs) So... He's, and that's what he said is rest all through the Bible. Yes, talk about rest. So why is it hard for us to understand? That we need to rest. That in, like you said, in the warning against disobedience in Deuteronomy, God tells Israel that they won't find rest in exile. <clears throat> Look at that in Deuteronomy 28.65. Okay. 28.65.28.28.28.28.28.28.28.28.28.28.28.28.28.28.28.28.28.28.28.28.28.28.28.28.28.28.28.28.28.28.28.28.28.28.28.28.28.28.28.28.28.28.28.28.28.28.28.28.
chapter 7, verse 12, what it says. Okay. Second Samuel. Second Samuel. Second Samuel, chapter 7, and verse 12. And when your days are fulfilled and you sleep with your fathers, I will set up after you your offsprings who shall be born to you and I will establish his kingdom. So he was letting David know his promise to the future king of Israel. That's right. He's, he's already setting it up. And, so and, as you and, rest, which will be right. laid to rest in your grave. That's right. And, yeah. You sleep with your father. Rest. That's right. Rest. It'd be time to lie down and sleep. So the long list of different Hebrew verbs denoting rest helps us to understand that the theological concept of rest is not connected to one or two particular words. We rest individually and collectively. Rest affects us physically, socially, and emotion, emotionally as well, and is not living it to the Sabbath alone. Yes, and when your job is done here, you will be put resting. to sleep, resting. That's right. You will be resting again. That's why he said we rest individ individually and collectively, so rest affects us physically, socially, and emotionally. Amen. Amen to that. So a verb form <clears throat> for rest often found in the New Testament is relax, refresh. It is used in one of Jesus' most famous statements on rest. Let's look in Matthew 11, verse 28. Matthew 11, verse 28. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and overburden, and I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. And then it can refer to physical rest. Matthew 26, verse 45. Matthew 26, verse 45. Okay. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of especially wicked sinners, whose way or nature it is to act in opposition to God. So in the final greetings of the Corinthians, Paul expresses his joy over the arrival of friends who refresh his spirit. Let's look at that in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 18. First Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 18. Okay. For well, they gave me respite from labor and rested me and refresh my spirit as well as yours. Deeply appreciate and thoroughly know and fully recognize such men. Mm. 
So he was refreshed with joy over the arrival of his friends. So another verb used to indicate rest, it describes the Sabbath rest of the disciples as Jesus rested in the grave. Let's look at Luke 23 and verse 56. That's Luke chapter 23 and verse 56. Then they went back and made ready spices and ointments, perfumes. On the Sabbath day, they rested in accordance with the commandment. So, but it's also is used to describe in living a quiet life. First Thessalonians chapter 411. First Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 11. To make it your ambition and definitely endeavor to live quietly and peacefully, to mind your own affairs and to work with your hands as we charge you. Amen. So, living a quiet life, peaceful, rest. That's rest. That's rest. You know, you can't ever uh, get any rest, no noise. I can't. Huh? I can't people, rest with all that noise and bumping and, and partying and, and boomboxes and, yes. and fighting and shooting and gambling. and you can't, you can't get no rest around no. all that. You no, can't even have your peace. soul can't rest. Your mind right, yeah. can't rest with all that. Yeah, you can't get no rest. That's you correct. know, to, to rest, the body, mind, and soul has to rest. You, That's right. If all, like he all, said, it has to be physically, yeah. emotionally, socially, all That's that. That's right. To rest. All of those have to rest together. If either one of those in the uproar, you're not resting. You're not resting at all. You may be at ease, but you're not resting. And you know, also, you know, sometimes you just want, like you're saying, you want the TV off, nothing planned, you just want quiet. Quiet. Quietness, yes. Yes. That, that that puts the mind to rest. Yes, it does. Absolutely. We're going to look at Acts chapter 11, verse 18. Acts 11 and verse 18. So when they heard this, they were quieted and made no further objections. And they glorified God, saying, Then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance unto real life after resurrection. Mm. Now this indicates that someone has no objection, and thus they keep quiet. That's right. They keep quiet. Mm-hmm. They, they, they wanted the same thing. That's right. They we have no objection. We agree. Right. We agree on this. this is, we are in agreement. Right. Right, that, 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 everybody want that peace of mind. That's right. We don't say, have nothing to say, Lord. We, we agree with you. We agree with you. We want the same thing, Jesus. Yes, we agree. So, in Hebrews chapter 4, 4, I'm going to look at that one. Hebrews chapter 4, 4. For in a certain place he has said this about the seventh day. 
and God rested on the seventh day from all his work. So when the epistles to the Hebrews and <clears throat> uh, Hebrews 4.4 describes God creation rest on the seventh day, it uses the Greek verb to cause to cease, bring to rest, echoing the use of Septuagint, Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Old Testament. Yes. And you know, there, wow. is, there is rest from noise, there is rest from uh, working, there is rest from uh, just anything, just rest, just peace, just... Like you said, calls to cease, just yeah. cease your work, stop yeah. what you're doing. Yeah, stop what you're doing. So we're going to read in uh, Mark chapter 6, starting at verse 30. And the question is, why did Jesus tell his disciples to come aside and rest? Mm -hmm. Mark chapter 6, verse 30 through 32. The apostles sent out as missionaries came back and gathered together to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, As for you, come away by yourself to a deserted place and rest a while. <clears throat> for many were continually coming and going, and they had not even leisure enough to eat. And they went away in a boat to a solitary place by themselves. Well, because they were so busy and they hadn't even had time to eat. So that's the question. Why did Jesus tell his disciples to come aside and rest, considering the many mission opportunities they then had? Well, if you look at the larger context in Mark 6, as you think about this question, he said, come aside by yourself mm -hmm. and rest a while. So it is not framed as an invitation. It is expressed in a form of an imperative, which is an order or a command. So Jesus is concerned about his disciples and their physical and emotional well-being. He knows if they didn't eat and rest, they couldn't continue to do what they need to do as missionaries. Yeah, that's why he said come inside. They needed to come inside by yourself because they brought anyone else or two, or two or three others, they would not have gotten any rest. They would not have eaten properly from carrying on conversation and sharing talk and, and, and they would not Teaching have Teaching and baptizing and all what they were yeah, doing. Yeah. They hadn't even had time to even uh, be in a quiet place and eat. So that's why he said come inside. So that was a commandment. He right. said, this is what you have to do. Come right. inside. And rest a while. Right. And they had just returned from an extensive mission trip on which Jesus had sent them two by two. So their hearts must have been full. They wanted to share their victories and their failures with Jesus, yet Jesus stops it all by first calling them to rest. Right. So that's right, sir. Come inside by yourself. He didn't want them stopping sharing it with no one else or bringing anyone in to share. You can talk to me about that once and, yeah, you rest yeah, and yeah, eat, and yeah, then we'll talk yeah, about it. Yeah. Because they was overjoyed 
by what they had did, they'd have been happy <clears throat> to share with anyone, invite anyone in, and and set them down and share with them uh, about what they had did in that, in those days. In those days, they were wrong. See, that they were in their missionary work and right. doing God's work. Mm -hmm. So being overwhelmed and too busy in God's business was a genuine challenge for the disciples as well. So Jesus reminds us that we need to guard mm -hmm. our health and emotional well-being by planning and seasons of rest. So he tells us we need to come aside and rest a while too. Right. That's why he has the Sabbath. Yes, a day of rest. A day of rest. Nothing but rest. Exactly. Put aside everything. And come in. everything. Come aside. And rest. And rest. Be filled. Your cup needs to be filled so you can go back out there to be his missionary evangelist and whatever he has for you to do. Yes. Come inside. Rest. Study my word. Read it. Mm -hmm. Lay back. Be quiet. Meditate. Meditate upon his word. Amen. Amen. Let's look at... Uh, Gen Genesis chapter 4, 1 through 12. And this is a little bit about uh, pain. Genesis chapter 4, starting at 1 through 12. Genesis 4. Chapter 4. Okay. We're not going to read all that because we got short a little bit of short time here. So, okay. And Adam knew Eve as his wife, and she became pregnant and bore Cain. And she said, I have gotten and gained a man with the help of the Lord. And the next she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now, Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel brought of the firstborn of his flocks another fat portion, another, and the Lord had respect and regard for Abel for his offering. So, what made Cain a restless wanderer? Well, the biblical text does not explicitly say state why God respected Abel and his offering, but did not respect Cain and his offering. But we know why, because Cain came before God with murmuring and infidelity in his heart in regard to the promised sacrifice and necessity of the sacrificial offering. His gift expressed no penitence for sin. Mm. So he felt, as many now feel, that it would be an acknowledgment of weakness to follow the exact plan marked out by God of trusting his salvation wholly to the atonement of the promised Savior. So he chose the course of self-dependence. He would come in, in in his own marriage. And that's what the Lord is telling us, is that don't choose your own day. Choose the Sabbath that's of the right. Lord thy God that he chose. Come in. Don't be murmuring. Don't be angry because what God have asked, has, has asked us to do, trust in him. Trust in his salvation and his atonement of his promise of his Savior. Amen. Amen. So we don't want to be restless wanderers. We want to take the Sabbath and do what God has asked us to do. 
by celebrating, by coming away and resting a while in Jesus Christ. Christ. That's right. So we want to thank you for joining us right here on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing Bible Study Hour. Well, we got a song coming and we'll come back with closing comments, prayer, and email address. So keep it locked in on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing. talking about living in a 24-7 society. 
You know, when we try to run away from God's presence, we become restless. We try to fill the yearning for divine grace with things, human relationships, or overly busy lives. You know, Cain started to build a dynasty and a city. Both are great achievements and speak of determination and energy. But if it's a godless dynasty and a rebellious city, it will ultimately amount to nothing. Amen. So put Christ back in. He said, come and rest. I will give you rest in Jesus Christ. We have to remember that. So thank you for joining us. And right now we got prayer. A mind to pray. Dear Almighty and Omnipotent God, our Father, our Creator, and everlasting help, we humbly approach your throne in the precious name of Jesus. We eagerly enter your gates with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise, recognizing you are infinite in power and might. The fullness of your ways are past knowing, and your majesty is both seen and felt. Your word says you will grant us the very desire and will to do those things that are pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus, the first and the last, we ask for our mind to pray and revelation to have a deeper and more intimate fellowship with you. We ask that you drive out all distractions and the cares of this life and give us a sincere heart to seek your face with great expectation and hope. Let us have the same attitude of Christ, who was totally faithful and dependent on you. In the name of Jesus, help us, Holy Spirit, to submit our minds to the purpose and plans of God while teaching us how to follow him daily. Let us turn from our wicked ways so that our sins be forgiven and that you hear our prayers and restore our land. In the name of Jesus, renew our minds and saturate them in your word that our thoughts are pure and steadfastly focused on you. Draw us near and let us listen attentively to your voice, cherishing every moment in prayer and fellowship with you. Let us desire your presence more than our natural food and give us a mind to pray and seek your kingdom above all else, while trusting you to provide all of our needs. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen. Amen. And may the windows of heaven open and pour upon you a bundle of blessings. We thank you for joining us. We appreciate you coming and joining us each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from mm -hmm. 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. And we also have our email address. If you need prayer, if you have a Bible question, you can email us at robtgina50 at gmail.com. So have a wonderful and blessed rest of the week. We hope to see you. Or hope to you join us on Friday from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. And have a blessed night. Good night.